Welcome to the Wokefu Podcast. I have to admit that I was misled. I was wrong. In college, I I wanted to know why, as an Asian man, I felt the way that I did about myself. Why Asian guys were always portrayed the same way in movies and television. You know, why our characters didn't get the girl and, you know, how just all these questions that a lot of Asian guys ask. How come Jet Li didn't kiss Aaliyah and Romeo must die? Like all these unanswered questions. And I came across this documentary called The Slanted Screen. And it was a pivotal moment in my sort of construction of my Asian identity because it was a documentary that was analyzing Asian American media and talking about how those different movies and TV shows from the old days constructed the racism that exists today. And I was like, shit, whoa, mind fucking blown. And the first gem that they throw it out throw out at you is the name Sesua Hayakawa. And they say Sesua Hayakawa was this, you know, Japanese actor who was, you know, the first romantic lead in a movie. And you know, they're like, yeah, all these white women were like flocking to the movie theaters to to see this like Asian sex symbol. And I was like, oh, shit, like that's fucking awesome. And I, was, I, I remember feeling a sort of like this, like, you know, when you read in history about like shit from like you hear some shit about like, oh, your, your people were once fucked over because so-and-so colonizer did this. And it's almost like you have this, you know, uh, throwback frustration where you're frustrated for your ancestors. You're like, damn. Or sometimes you feel excited for them or whatever, you know. So I heard about this film and I was like, wow, you know, like, I can't believe I didn't hear about this, blah, blah, blah. And I would always mention it. I'd always talk about, yeah, you know, um, the reality is Seso Hayakawa, he was the first agent sex symbol. And I've seen articles and I've seen discussions about it and like... There's so much discussion about Sesua and in the movie that he was in, which was called The Cheat. And for some reason, I decided, you know what? Fuck it. I'm going to uh, I'm gonna watch it. I'm going to go watch uh, The Cheat. Let me see if I can find it. So I found it on YouTube. Um, and I will actually give you all the link to the whole fucking movie like the literally the whole movie it's all on youtube it's a, it's a silent film uh it was released in 1915 and basically i went in trying to think okay well if Cecil really was the sex symbol let me see for myself like how was he actually portrayed like what were some of the things that he was doing and let me let me review and look at the movie with fresh eyes myself all right and holy shit it was pretty incredibly racist um so a lot of things happened right and i'm actually going to dive deeper into this subject so if you're actually interested in this i'm going to write out a blog post and i'm actually going to see if i can do a video because i'm going to be uploading more stuff on youtube finally 
um, I think I've been like avoiding YouTube for the longest time because I knew that as someone who's a lot more left, uh, who's who who identifies as a leftist, I didn't feel like YouTube was a a platform that I wanted to be on because the comment sections of just every fucking video on YouTube, like, and I think everybody has seen this. The comment section is just cancerous, just absolute cancerous. And I just didn't want to be involved in that shit. So kind of avoided YouTube. Uh, let me go check the comments real quick. Um, Chris VT, can you talk about the Filipino community in your area? Um, yeah, we will definitely talk about that. Um, I'll probably make a tab on that, but we will continue. Uh, let's go ahead and see. All right. So anyways, this movie here, right? The Cheat. So it opens up, and the very first thing that you see is the Asian dude, played by Sasu Hayakawa, and he's this Japanese, this wealthy Japanese man, right? And he's he has this iron that's uh, 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 dipped in flames, and he's heating up this iron, and then he takes this little wood carving statue thingamajigger and he brands his stuff like he's adding his own signature to prove that it's you know these are my possessions so that is the opening image okay and that's very very important because that symbolism of the asian man if i want to be if i want to use language that was relevant to the time the oriental the the china man even though he was Japanese, the Oriental was brandishing his his belongings, all right? And then you, <laughs> like, it's funny because I know that in 1915, these fuckers thought that they were so slick. Like, they really thought that they were so slick. And the sad part is, in 1915, like, how many movies have you seen? Like, how many narratives and how many love stories and rom-coms have you really seen if it's 1915 like people who can watch a movie generally are privileged enough to afford a movie and whatever right so i know that the devices that they were using in the film were just so blatantly obviously used to disparage a specific group of people and make another group of people look very, very good. And I, I'm pretty sure that in 1915, they thought this was slick, but you fuckers are wrong because I'm reviewing your shit from 2019 and this is all fucked up. Immediately after the scene with the Japanese guy, you cut... <laughs> You cut to the scene of the husband. His name is Richard, or they call him Dick. The husband, Richard, is on the phone, and he's fucking grilling his wife because of all the shit that, he's, that she spent her money on, or a.k.a. his money on. And he's just, like, railing on her, and, you know, it's, it's silent film, but you can tell he's, like, angry on the phone, right? And then she basically says, you know, uh, you're... you're you're telling me to give up my friends and my social position and I'm not going to do that. So immediately the very 
three main characters who are part of this film, they've already set the tone for those characters. The first person, the Asian dude, is this weird, like, it's shot all in the shadows and shit, and he's this dude who's, like, you know, brandishing his own shit. He's just, like, really obsessively, oh, this is mine, this is mine kind of thing. The white dude, the main guy, Mr. Dick, he is this hard worker, and he's actually a, he's described later in the film as a young stockbroker, like, come the fuck on, and it, it really just makes me think, like, damn, there really are a lot of movies with white dude stockbrokers, like, that is, like, that really is the epitome of, like, the 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 young stockbroker bachelor handsome white guy you know like i think that's why movies like american psycho were so effective because it it represents like the most like the person who who could have it all who's so rich who's good looking blah 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 blah, blah. and so that really this sort of plays into this where he's a very desirable character he's a young rich man and He's grilling his wife because apparently he doesn't have enough. He's rich enough to be a stockbroker, but he doesn't have enough money for her to buy dresses and shit. And then right after it's followed up with the same Asian dude who showed up in the beginning and he's comforting the wife. He like rolled up in a car in a really nice car with the wife in the back in in the passenger seat. He like opens the door. He's like a fucking gentleman. Like he he seems like a sweetheart, right? At the beginning, if you're a white lady from 1915, you might watch this shit and you might go, "Wow, fucking goals, fucking man crush Monday." <laughs> you know, like he just seems like a likable dandy character, right? Um DJ Davis says, wait, what movie? The movie is The Cheat. It's a 1915, uh, 1915 uh, silent film. Uh, Valerie McCormick says, just saw Sessawa's images. He's a looker. Look, he is a very handsome dude. And when I was looking at this film, I was like, wow, you know, they really did... They really sort of did him dirty in a backhanded way where it's like, you know, they, they, their villain, which is Esawa, spoiler alert, the villain is the Asian guy. The villain is the only ethnic person in this film. Spoiler alert. There are some times where I was like, dude, he looks really good, man. And I can imagine a lot of like schmucky white dudes who just like you know just like average joes like they look at that and they're like wow that is a good looking ass dude um but it, it really you can tell that it's playing off of this cuck fantasy you know like i feel like white men really fucking love indulging in these cuck fantasies because it gives them this excuse to be abusive um, if you're unfamiliar with what cuck means, cuck, shorthand for cuckold, it's when a man lets another man sleep with his wife. 
and it's basically supposed to be a symbol of like the ultimate beta quote beta male the ultimate weak man who you know he's he's so he's so belief up he's so beneath the level of a man that he is just going to let his prime possession aka his wife just be handed off to another man to have sex with um and if you're unfamiliar with that, like definitely look into it because it there's just a whole smorgasbord of racism involved. But again, this film really does play to that narrative, this idea of, you know, these the innocent, uh, uh, nice white man who's getting cocked by this, you know, sensual uh, foreigner. So. The movie continues and, you know, the husband is just like really busy at work and he like he just f- flipping through receipts like there's literally a scene where he's just he has a very he has like a CVS receipt, it's just a really, really long receipt. And I guess that's like symbolizing him dealing with a lot of numbers like, oh, he's really important. Like, it's funny because, you know. The reality is when you talk about stockbroker, like there are degrees, there are varying degrees of stockbroker. Like you can be a very successful one and you could be a not so successful one. Um, but I guess in this case, he wasn't that successful because apparently he was complaining that his wife was buying dresses. So then the, um, you know, the, the wife goes to this little party, right? And she becomes, for some strange reason, she becomes the treasurer, all right? The treasurer of this, oh, oh, like, yeah, she, she's, she's talking amongst this group of women, right? And the, the declare her as the treasurer of funds. Um, yeah, sure, all right. So she's the treasurer of funds, and she was responsible for hosting this, like, charity benefit thing, right? And she goes to the Asian guy and says, hey, can we host it at your house? Turns out that the Asian man is very wealthy. Right? I guess he's wealthy. Sure. Right? He's wealthy. Um, And then the movie just really goes into a weird, pl- like a, just a very nonsensical place where um, the husband and wife go to a dinner party. And the husband's talking to this this fellow stockbroker dude, right? And the stock and and and, and the husband goes, "Oh yeah, I've uh, donated some uh, my I I I invested in this company. It's like DNO or whatever. Like I invested in DNO." And the other dude goes, "I, I guess the other dude doesn't really say anything, right?" So the husband goes, oh, "I invested in, I invested my money in this one company." And the friend goes to the wife, all right, the, the the gold digger wife, and he goes, "Oh, your husband is investing in DNO company. No, you should actually invest in copper. You're gonna make more money that way." And so then the wife wants to invest money in what the friend was suggesting, which is just really random. It's like, wait, what? And. And then she goes behind her husband's back and takes money out of their safe 
so she can make money off of the investment that the friend suggested. Okay. Now, again, it's very nonsensical. Like, you know, why? Like, if 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 she's talking about dealing with making money for stocks and shit, like, and your husband's a stockbroker, like, I get it. Like, she was trying to go behind uh, the husband's back because she wants to do this charity benefit thing. She needs to, you know, she wants to make some money or whatever, I guess. Um, and... And so she goes behind the uh, the husband's back and it's just, it reinforces this notion of, you know, this, this woman's a gold digger. All she wants to do is spend this man's money. All she wants to do is take his money and, and lie to him and act behind his back. And the whole time, like the dude is just the schmuckiest schmuck in the fucking world. Like he's just always smiling. He's always happy. Like if you're looking, if you look at the way the term cuck is used, in present time and the imagery that they associate with the word cuck, like, like alt-right people associate with the word cuck. It's usually like a man who's, who's very effeminate is usually a man who's very aloof and unaware that he's getting cucked. And basically that's what his character is. You know, he's the guy that, that you're supposed to as the white male audience, he's the guy that you're supposed to identify with, but he's also the fucking schmuck of the entire film <laughs> like the entire film is just shitting on him and like it's such a woe is me film it is such a woe is me film because literally the only flaw of this white dude is that he works too hard he works too hard and he's busy at work so he can't give his wife attention and it's funny because like that's a plot line of a lot of movies when I when you like you really look at it, right? There's there's so many movies that are some deviation of that, where it's a, a hardworking man and he's either a cheater or whatever, like he's so hardworking that he can't pay attention emotionally, physically, uh, to his wife. And so the wife has to find pleasure somewhere else or the husband has to find pleasure somewhere else. Like it's, it, it amazes me how often we play into this. Um, let's see what else people said. Uh, Edward Holmes says birth of a nation came out in 1952 just to provide some context. Wow. I didn't know it came out in 1915. I need to see um, again, if anyone is unfamiliar birth of a nation, probably like a bazillion times more racist than this movie like like birth of a nation is consistently regarded as the most racist movie ever and i'm talking the most racist movie in all of hollywood history and they say that because um you know it's it's basically the cheat um but for black people and the whole entire time all of the black people if i can remember correctly they're all in blackface like a hundred percent blackface and it's even worse because if i again i haven't seen it but from what i've read and seen 
like stills from the movie. It's it's basically like a bunch of black dudes who uh, who you know like capture white women and rape them, or they're going to rape them, and they're saved by the Klan. If I remember correctly, it is the Klan, right? Like li- the literal Ku Klux Klan comes in and saves this like these damsels in distress. Um, so yeah, I need to see which one came first. You know, because that'd be really interesting to see, like, which one inspired the other. And also, what's fascinating about the fact that they both came out at the same time is, you know, in me, like, again, I want to make a video about this and I want to go talk about this in a podcast or in, in, in a blog. I want to see what the influences were for this, because I'm sure that a lot of it is, you know, um, like, I don't want to just boil it down to, oh, well, it was white men being racist. Like, I want to go deeper into it and go like, okay, it's racist. But what were the motivations? Like, what was going on politically? What was going on socially that someone actually came out and said, hey, I need to make a fucking movie with a bunch of black people, a bunch of white people in blackface. And let's go have the character. Let's ho- let's go have these characters who are in blackface. Um, get like kicked out of the town by these super cool hero uh, 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 hooded KKK members. Like, obviously, you know, um, the climate in 1915, racially speaking, was fucking terrible. But again, I want to see specifically what precipitated the creation of of a movie like this or a movie like birth of a nation, you know, really interesting. Um, again, I'm interested in, 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 in a historical sense, not interested as in like, wow, these fucking racist, um, Nazis are, are fucking cool, but wow. You know, like I, I sort of look at it the same way that I look at serial killers. I'm fascinated by serial killers. I, I love learning about serial killers and like the mentality that goes on in their head and, you know, why, like their motivations for, for doing all their crimes. And that's sort of my same fascination with racism. Um, I see racism in a similar vein where it's like to like pure, like, like real, real raw, raw ass racism it's like that. Like it's, it sounds like you're talking to a fucking killer, you know, like, you know, people talking about exterminating people and shit. Like, how is that not, how is that not the same? Um, Omi says, LOL, Mr. Dick, uh, Valerie, uh, says young stockbroker, please. Yeah, he is. They made sure to make him dirty because of it. Um, Greg shoe says new war, new white, archetype coined here wall street trading places american psycho boiler room wolf of wall street trader too big to fail just off the top of my head white stockbroker was more common than i thought yeah dude and and the and the fucking thing that low-key pisses me off is that i love those movies <laughs> look 2019 we're getting honest we're getting honest and and i, I think that's important though like i think it's really important because this is one aspect that I think we don't always address with racism is that there are certain elements that are racial or have been racialized 
and like maybe over time it's been warped and changed in a way where it's like it's so palatable that it's just you just accept it you know it's kind of like um the boy scouts the boy scouts were notoriously racist against black people and you know the fact like the interestingly enough for anyone who doesn't know the racism of the boy scouts is actually what precipitated the construction of bloods and crips because um the boy scouts didn't allow black kids to to join and some of the kids who who didn't have like a place or a place belonging they hung out and they would actually fight but it was a mutual respect kind of thing like it was just boy the heavy quotes it was boys being boys right they're just fighting and whatever right but it was more of a communal thing but then cops came in and essentially made them out to be these criminals like hey these young boys they're fighting blah blah blah, blah. like and and that's how as far as I can remember, that's sort of the history of it. Again, random tangent. Uh, Rodney says, I'm going to have to check this out. Yeah, definitely, definitely check out this film. Uh, Edward Holmes says, it was responsible for the resurgence of the Klan and it was considered Hollywood's first blockbuster and was screened at the White House. Yeah. And I know that I, again, I'm pretty sure that Birth of a Nation came before this because I'm wondering, you know, what would be really fascinating is if we found out that The Cheat, the movie that I'm talking about right now, if this was a cash grab to monopolize on the hype train that Birth of a Nation started. Because I know that, look, if a movie was that successful, it's kind of like in today's time. Like when, when a movie hits, if like, you know, um, if everyone isn't like, remember that time, like fucking when we, when the world was just into penguin movies and like penguin shit and like happy feet and whatever, or, or, or when society was into minions, I don't know. I think they're, I think kids are still into minions, I guess. (laughs) And, and, and people ride that wave, right? People ride certain waves of like different fads and, in another sense, I wonder if filmmakers and writers and actors saw the success of Birth of a Nation. And again, it also begs the question of like how many of the people who made these videos, not to say that they weren't racist, but how many of them were like, you know, they might not have been super outwardly racist, but this gave them that outlet and the opportunity to express that. Uh, Jaquetta Jones says, yay, I'm finally catching live. Yeah, I'm glad that you're here. Um, Stephanie Ravenswing, uh, Billups says, they were just enforcing their supremacy and by them making a film, they were normalizing their behavior. Toby Arnold, writer, says, I shared this on my Facebook wall. Oh, well, thank you. I really appreciate that. Um, Christian Sola says, every single minority portrayal back then was racist. Why is your mind so blown? Um I think it's just, it's more just, regardless if racism is being portrayed today or in the future or in the past, I'm always of the mindset that it's wrong. So for me, I always see these acts of racism as how dare you, the fucking audacity of you. Like, 
Like again, it's kind of funny because like I I talk about this, you know, I talk about racist shit going on like every day, and I'm always like shocked and odd because you know that's how I feel, and it's not that oh I don't know that racism exists or that oh my gosh racism is still alive like it's not like that it's just mainly you know fuck these people because fuck these people <laughs> uh 1915 figures um christian says uh it's 2019 and if you walk into a casting office people will still ask you to play up to racial stereotypes hell, yeah hell yeah like people still get that you know uh, a lot of Asian actors still talk about how they'll come into a a casting call and people will ask them to do Asian accents. Valerie McCormick says, also at the time of Birth of a Nation, folks in government were introducing the anti-lynching laws and that bastard President Wilson used it to justify not signing the anti-lynch law. Wow. Didn't? Didn't we just pass that? Like, wasn't there some news about, like, we just finally passed the anti-lynch law or something like that? I think I heard something about that. Um, so, anyways. All right. Uh, back to the movie. So, this whole investment shit, right? The wife takes $10,000. She invests it in this, in her husband's, like, friends, you know, like the the husband's friend is like, hey, invest in in this company. Don't listen to your husband. The wife doesn't listen to the husband and invests in this other shit, and she doesn't make any money. The guy comes back and goes, oh my god, like it's the worst thing ever. We lost that money. Like ten thousand dollars gone down the drain. You were twenty fucking minutes in, and this lady is already like spending. Like she she is like fucking. It, Richard, are you married to Edith or are you married to Rick Ross? Are you married to Two Chains? Because are you married to Floyd Mayweather? <laughs> because she, look, she is dropping. She's dropping stats. She could, <laughs> she could be an Amigos. She could be an Amigos music videos <laughs> dropping this much But anyways, um, so she so she finds out that um, that she lost all this money, right? <laughs> and she's freaking out. She like faints, right? And she faints, and um, the God Seso Hayakawa, the Asian guy. He fucking assaults her. He, she's she's like obviously passed out, and he like goes in for a kiss, and it's just creepy. Like he's just like holding her. He's just and, and he's holding her in like this like awkward way. And throughout the movie, it's like she gets held by the husband, but the husband's like like caressing her, right? But he's just like in this. Like weird, I don't know. Yeah, I think they think that fucking that's how Asian people kiss. Whatever. <laughs> and and she uh, she like freaks out. She doesn't like it. And he says that he will give her money, 
so that the husband won't get mad, right? And and she she agrees. And she goes, you know, okay, fine, whatever, right? And for some fucking reason, the Asian dude says that there's a price to pay. Like, he, he says, I'll help you out. I'll give you this money so you won't get in trouble with your husband. But there's a price to pay. And the price is he fucking brands her. What? What? <laughs> what? <laughs> and at first, my mind was blown with just how illogical that was. Like, why? Like, is that his kink? Is, or like, like, what is it? And then I got it. And I think the symbolism is clear. It's just, you know, this idea that to be in cahoots, whether it's in business or in romance with the other, or in this case, the Asian, you will be wearing the equivalent of a scarlet letter. You will be branded forever if you cheat on your white husband with an Asian man. And literally, this scene, it's pretty... Like, for 1915, it must have been very graphic. Because even for me, I was like, oh, wow, damn, that's fucked up. Like, he's holding the back of her skull, like the hair attached to the back of her skull, pressing it down onto the table. Her head is on the table. Her arm is like out this. She's not comfortable. This isn't like sexy. He's not doing this in this kinky 50 shades of gray way where it's just like, Ooh, like that's hot. Like, no, he's, he's holding, he's assaulting this woman pressing her down and taking a hot iron and branding her the back of her like on her shoulder like she's a fucking cow and again just the imagery of it is so strong and it's just so like it's so apparent what they're trying to do crystal clear so obvious that they're trying to stigmatize relations with Asian people. And if you're doubting whether or not you think this is legit, um, just wait till I, I, I get to this one part. So he fucking brands her, right? And you're just like, what the fuck is going on? Why is he doing this? Why is he like that? Why is this wife like, like she has no redeeming qualities. Like, like from, from a film writing perspective, there is nothing about her character that is likable. Like literally there's nothing about her character that is redeemable. And the Asian guy, Haka, he isn't a very like aside from the fact that he's fucking handsome 
and he seems like he's like gentlemanly he's and he's good to this gold digger he doesn't have anything redeeming about him and the only person who is likable is the schmuck <laughs> the white dude right so after that happens the husband comes in and the husband's like, oh my God, remember that investment that I was telling you about? I made a lot of money now. I can give you money. I can give you money. I can write you a check for $10,000. You're asking for $10,000. I can give you $10,000. And he writes her a check, right? And so the wife goes to the Asian dude. She, I'm sorry, I keep calling Sesso Asian dude. But fucking, I don't know, like, fuck it. I'm fucking Asian dude. He's a fucking Asian dude. He's a 1915 Asian dude. Fuck it. Um, he's my brother. <laughs> and and so she go, the wife goes to Asian dude and goes, hey, I don't need your money anymore because my husband, my super cool, really nice schmuck of a husband gave me the money. So I don't need to have money anymore sorry asian dude and the asian dude just doesn't he, he he's not having it right he doesn't he, he 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 won't allow this and he fucking tells his little butler to lock the door and he's like holding edith this woman against her will and he's like fucking ragdolling her right and well then before that she was like you know um, like I need to get out of this because if I don't, I'm going to kill myself. Like she says, I'm going to kill myself. And Asian dude, he pulls out a gun and he basically calls her bluff and he's like, okay, go do it. And she doesn't. And she has the gun and instead she shoots him. Again, the movie. Why would look? Oh, it's like, okay, um, so his motive for, like, locking the door on her and then, like, her motive for actually, like, shooting him, like, I guess, like, she, like, he was, like, assaulting her, so she was defending himself. Sure, fine, okay, like, I, fine, 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 right? And then what happens is even weirder. Asian dude is bleeding out. He's like fucking dying and she leaves. She just, well, fuck it. <laughs> She's just fucking, <laughs> she gets up and she walk, She just runs away, right? And guess who finds bleeding Asian man? Guess. I, honestly, let me read some comments and I want you all to guess who the fuck finds bleeding Asian man. <laughs> um... Uh, Amy says, I read from some Tumblr post that being woke is like not knowing what a bad driver is until you know how to drive. Yeah, that's a really good, that's a really good analogy. Wow. And that really is uh, applicable to so many things. It's kind of like, you know, when you're interested in like music or sports and you once when you know how hard it is to play guitar, you have more appreciation for people who are really good guitarists and you also shit on bad guitars because, you know, like, oh, man, that person sucks or that person's amazing. Ty says, look at modern day version. 
Right now, with Rebel Media, Infowars, Fox News, Breitbart, people, even if they don't believe it, are making profit being alt-right or similar. This works for feminist stuff too, such as dishonest feminist t-shirts. Um, Bria says, yeah, that just passed. Oh yeah, she's talking about, uh, Bria's talking about the anti-lynching laws. Um, December 2018. Yeah, that's, isn't that fucking wild? We passed the anti-lynching laws in 20 fucking 18. Wow. Let's see. Ty also said, uh, racism, just like any Marvel movie, can sell. Nowadays, racism is really marketable to pseudo-intellectuals and misguided folks. Yeah, like, one of the things I really want to start talking about more is racism as a culture. Like, racism, like... The thing is, there are a lot of... I, again, I, I know some fucker's going to quote me and, and going to be like, oh, he's like defending white people. Look, there are a lot of white people who just aren't racist. White people who are pretty cool. White people who are pretty fucking chill. White people who know better, right? And, you know, what I've noticed is that a lot of times racism gets passed around like a virus, but it's... It's not airborne. It's not something that you pass off through, you know, mixing bodily fluids. That's not how you get the racism. Like, no, like racism comes to you through different stimuli. It could be through culture. It could be through movies. It could be through music. It could be through articles. It could be through a close friend who's talking about fucking Alex Jones or whatever. Like, I'm fascinated by how racism gets passed on to different people. Like, like how you convince a child at an early age to be racist, you know, like the devices that are used that are effective, you know, and part of that is just racism as a culture. And I think like stuff like this racism as a culture, it's interesting when you really analyze it and, 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 and to, to look at this movie in 19 from 1915 and, and see through it with 2019 glasses, it's very revealing it's like wow this shit like a hundred years ago is still affecting me today what the fuck man yeah jacetta says uh like burnt brand yeah like he fucking brand like he fucking brands her like he takes a metal iron that has been that that's like attached to burning coals and, or a fire or whatever, and he fucking brands her. Amy, Amy says, whoa, way to make people afraid of us Asians. Yeah, it's... F- I'm telling you, like... And when I say that he's literally... Okay, well, actually, aside from, like, his three, like, butler dudes, or his two butler dudes, like, that's it. Those are the only Asian people... Those are the only ethnic people... As far as I can see from the from the video, those are the only I think people in the entire film. Uh, Valerie McCormick says, uh, "Just reduced to an animal, less than a human. If you lay down the others." Uh, Amy says, "Thanks for watching the movie for us and sparing the trauma." Uh, Ty says, "Anyone got examples of equal intensity of this kind of moment, but addressing white racism or colonization as drug noticing?" Uh, let's see what else. 
uh, Mitzi Rubowskis says, prior to the censors 1915, this is all the writers thought about, reflecting the fears of the other. This is all these people ever, this is all these people think about now. This is all these people ever thought about. Sorry you didn't know and had to find out this way. No, trust me, I fucking knew. I, like, you know, I, I've been writing and talking about racism for years. Even outside of Facebook, I've been writing and thinking about talking about racism for years. 2018 marked my 10-year anniversary of the love life of an aging guy. I started in 2018 or 2008 when I was a freshman in college. And even before that, I was still thinking and talking about race. But um, yeah, it sucks that I learned about this particular movie because for the longest time, I thought that The Cheat was this movie that was supposed to be you know oh it's a great image for asians and it's like oh it's a, it was a cool movie or whatever you know like that's how i was led to believe and that was based off of like articles that were written about the movie and 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 articles that were talking about and and hyping the movie up as this, oh, it's like this interracial movie, this this interracial, like, you know, Asian man, white woman, blah, blah, blah. And, and I was, you know, talking about it like it was fucking cool. And to see it myself and realize, wow, this is not fucking cool. <laughs> this is really bad. It's just eye-opening. And it's, I think it's a lesson to myself and it's a lesson to everybody else. that like, you know, you got to, sometimes you really got to see for yourself, you know? You really got to see some of this shit yourself. Uh, Picandra says, was it the husband that follows her? Was that the person who found Mr. Bleeding Asian Guy? Ding, 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 ding. Yes, it was. So what happened was Bleeding Asian Man was on the floor, fucking bleeding his heart out. He got shot in the heart. And... White, white dude comes in and he's like, you know, um, asking for help and whatever. He's like caressing this dude. He's like, oh, man, like, is everything okay? <laughs> and then, oh, God, how convenient is this? He finds on the floor two things. The gun that was used to shoot him and the check that he wrote his wife which basically was tying into this like ultra fear of white dudes, I guess of like, Oh my God, not only was I getting cucked by an Asian guy, but now the money that I worked so hard for and I gave to my gold digger white wife who was, you know, uh, messing around with this Asian dude. Now he gets to have the money. <gasps> Oh no! Like <laughs> it's the f look, dude. The fucking movie is a trip. It really is a fucking trip. And then in comes Asian butlers. They're trying to like subdue the white dude, right? And this Asian dude, he's like grabbing with two hands. He's trying to yank the gun out of the white dude's hand. And the white dude's just crying. He's like, <laughs> and he's like holding the gun, right? And the Asian, the Asian dude can't even grab the gun out of his hand. And it's like, it's so obvious the director wanted that, that effect, 
you know, like it's just a small little thing. But I noticed I was like, it's so obvious what they're trying to say. What they're trying to say is that the that the Asian dude is too weak to to yank the gun out of his hand, and um, and then the then <sighs> then they have the trial. Right? Oh God, the fucking trial, Jesus. Um, all right, let's see what comments we get. Um, Scott Richards says racism is mostly passed through entities that are passive at first. Yeah, exactly. Like racism can come at you and 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 can influence people in a vessel like a cartoon or a fucking meme or a tweet. You know, like people think that. Like, people think that the only valid racists are the ones that have been totally indoctrinated by, like, the worst of the worst, like Richard Spencer and, like, oh, the neo-Nazis. But, like, people are so ignorant to the fact that you could get just as brainwashed through just regular-ass media. Like, quote, regular-ass conservative far-right media, you know? And, And again... There are a lot of people who ingest this stuff like it's totally normal. So the trial happens, right? And during the trial, the they ask the Asian dude, like, oh, what happened? Blah 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 blah. Like, who who shot you? And the Asian dude says, It was Richard. <laughs> he lies. And then the white lady says, uh, God, what did she say? She's like, she, um, oh, no, no, that was the Asian dude, right? And then, um, and then the husband comes in and the husband like confesses to shooting, right? And so then the judge goes, oh, um, well, then I, um, you know, the verdict is you white dude, uh, you're going to jail, <laughs> And, and it's just like, okay, what the fuck? What the, what the fuck? So, white dude goes to jail. And the, the white wife decides to speak up. And the white wife goes, like, the whole time during the trial, she's like freaking out. She's like, like, she's just like, like stressing. She's stressing, right? She's stressing. And then she blurts out, like, I'm the one who did it. I'm, I'm I'm the one who shot him. And, like, you know, look at what he did to me. And, like, she shows him. Uh, she shows the whole audience. And the whole fucking audience is white. And it's funny because the whole, like, they did this whole, like, slow scene where they showed everyone in the jury. Everyone in that fucking jury is an old white guy. Everyone is a white old white guy. And... She shows everybody like the fucking the branding, right? She's like, "Oh, guys, this is this is what this dude did to me," and everyone freaks the fuck out. Literally, is a fucking mosh pit. <laughs> like people are fighting each other, in, and it's just like, what the hell? What? What? Like, okay, look. There were, like, a couple people in that scene who were, like, trying to go after Asian dude. But most of the people were fighting each other. And I was like, what the fuck are you fighting about? Aren't you all angry at the same fucking minority? (laughs) Like, what is going on? And 
the plead to the judge. Oh, judge, like, you know, do you see what's going on? You need to overturn this. And the judge overturns it. And the Asian guy goes to jail. And the husband and wife walk away. And the movie fucking ends. Straight up. This was really fucking racist. <laughs> like, Jesus, I. Yeah. It's like you you have to see just the imagery that's attached to it. And you have to really think about like, you know, the average people. Because, again, this movie, The Cheat, was really famous because... Um, they, the cinematography was really, really good. Like, and, and I can, and I can actually attest to that. Like visually speaking, like the way that some of the things were shot, it's actually pretty nice, right? Visually speaking, just like from a, a camera composition filmmaking perspective, right? Some of the scenes were like, okay, yeah, sure. Right. So it, there was there was popularity in this movie. This movie had an effect. And there's another aspect to this movie that I really want to do some research on. Um, because apparently Japanese Americans, when they heard about this movie, they actually protested it. And they didn't want it to be shown. And apparently, it was banned from Japan. So, I need to look at the, I need to look at the sources... And I need to see, like, if that shit checks out. Because if that is, that could be a very interesting story. Like, imagine that. Like, like, you know, we like we we think of ourselves as, like, you know, in 2019, like, hey, you know, everyone knows what, what the SJWs like to, like, uh, you know, protest against movies and boycott movies and stuff like that. And, like, we make it seem as if protesting the release of films is this fucking new thing that that just happened it just started happening cuz the cuz obama got elected and the liberals are taking over hollywood you know like we we often hear that narrative from the right um but again if this checks out it shows that it goes as far back like asians and fucking people of color have been calling out racist films and bullshit since 1915 so, um, really interesting. Um, Ty says when it was filmed, May 1915. Yep. Uh, I'm going to have to see the movie, The Cheat. Portia Smith said that. Uh, yeah, you, again, you really should. I, I will drop the link to the movie again. Let me type this in full movie here. Uh, Valerie says people only think, um, hood wears are racist. Yeah, like a lot of people just think that that only neo-Nazis and only people who wear white hoods in the KKK are the only racists ever. They never want to think that the everyday person is just as capable. Racism is ingrained in our culture. Uh, Jaquetta says, Grammy always said the TV was the devil. Uh, Cleveland Capri says, this just reminds me of the casual pre-story lineup in interracial porn. 100%. 100%. Like, racist porn 
goes through very similar narratives you know the the like like the whole husband walking in because like oh i got off of work early oh no she's fucking the guatemalan pool boy <laughs> like <laughs> like it's and it's funny because you know who's writing these things it's not the guatemalans <laughs> it's <laughs> the Japanese people are fucking advocating for movies like The Cheat in 1915. Like, it's all fucking white dudes. Like, white dudes are the ones who are writing these narratives. And then they're they're delivering it to other white dudes. And then those white dudes are acting on it as if, like, this is the real thing that's happening. You know? And it's just... Like, you can see just how racism really is just this mechanism for white dudes to make other white guys pissed off. Like, that's... <sighs> God. Um, let's see. Valor says, yeah, I'm not surprised with this ending. Omi says, no, I don't like that ending. No. Yeah, the ending was terrible. And, like, it's funny because remember when I was telling you, like, everyone was fucking right, like, straight up rioting, straight up every, it was a fucking, the royalist rumble. It's like Super Smash Brothers, but all 74 characters <laughs> are fighting at the same time. <laughs> like everybody is just fighting each other. I'm like, what are you doing? You're all on the same team. You're all white. <laughs> what is this white on white crime going on? And and then at the end when like they get vindicated and and it's so funny. Like the ending thing is the judge says, "You are a free man." <laughs> it's so it's so tasteless. It's so, like, like, oh, wow. In 1915, white men who were already free, the the lesson that they need to take home to for encouragement is that you are a free man. Like, wow. Wow. You know what I mean? Like, considering what was going on in 1915 to black people, to indigenous Americans, anybody who wasn't white and to make a movie and at the end of it say oh you're a free man now get this all right there is holy fuck at the end of i think it was one of the trial scenes there was a message and i'm not even fucking lying to you I am not even fucking lying to you. This is exactly what it says. It says, oh, and, um, oh yeah, sorry. Cause there was a scene, um, where after the husband gets caught next to the body of the Asian dude, he goes to jail and, and then the, the wife confesses to the husband uh, like that she killed, that she killed the, uh, or the, that she shot the Asian dude. And the husband um, forgives the wife and, like, kisses her and shit, right? And after the kiss where the husband takes back the wife, there's a snippet that says, quote, East is East and West is West. 
and never the twain shall meet. Like I said before, if you had any doubts that this thing was racist, that is literally everything that you need to know about this movie. I repeat, the quote is, East is East and West is West and never the twain shall meet. Basically saying that Asians are Asians, Westerns, aka white people, white people are white, and the two will never get along. The two will never mix. Not romantically, not in business, not socially. That's what the movie's about. And it's more than just like when you when you when you think about the the, the title movie, The Cheat. It's more than just the Asian man or it's more than just the wife cheating on the husband, but it's it's the wife cheating on the husband with the enemy and the enemy who cheated the wife because he branded her and he 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 posed as this sweet and friendly person who cared about the wife. But deep down, he's a rapist. Deep down, he's a sexual deviant. Deep down, he is a uh, a corrupt, rich asshole. And it was funny because there's a scene in the in the movie where the uh, where the wife finds out that the husband got arrested and that the husband went to jail because again, the husband like confessed, like, "Oh, I shot the I shot the Asian dude." The wife reads this newspaper, right, where she reads where she finds out about him going to jail, and the headline was like, "Young stockbroker, uh, young stockbroker uh, goes to jail um, after he shot a <laughs> what is it? It's a a Burmese ivory king. All right, so that was the headline of the supposed newspaper." Young stockbroker shoots Burmese ivory king. Now, as a headline, I'm a fucking writer. I work for Neckshark. I've written plenty of articles. I've written plenty of headlines. As a headline, that's biased as fuck to say that, oh, the shooter, like, cause look, as a journalist, if that was the actual story that some dude shot somebody, it's isn't it funny that they're portraying the white dude as this young stockbroker, and the Asian dude as a rich ivory king? Keep in mind, ivory. You're not supposed to be harvesting it. It's not allowed. I don't know if it, what the rules were in 1915, but it's basically tied to being corrupt, you know, because ivory is harvested from elephant tusk. And to call someone an ivory king is basically like straight up. It's it's almost like saying, um, oh, no, Timmy from next door, the really sweet boy who sells lemonade. Yeah, he accidentally killed El Chapo and now he's in jail like Oh my god, like the whole thing is just a woe is me for white men. The whole thing. The whole fucking thing. Oh 
God. Uh, Mitzi says, I hear you. Don't believe the hype. Sort of like in my film class, the way movies like Hallelujah and Birth of a Nation were heralded and still are as cinematic masterpieces. Always think about how the pseudo-intellectuals come at you, uh, starting conversations like, hey, there's a really great movie about insert topic on race here, usually your own. You should really watch it. It's so enlightening. Then when you go to check it out, you think, oh, shit, never can unsee this. I think violence has been done to me. Yeah, I know what you mean. Like, you know, it's funny when people like recommend you shit like, oh, hey, you check out this comic and you check out their comic and you're like, did you just recommend me someone who's like just just fucking saying the most racist shit? Like you ever you ever see that? Like someone's like, oh, hey, you know, watch this movie. And then you watch the movie and it's like it's full of transphobic jokes. And you're like, and then the person's laughing. You're just like, the fuck, you're into this shit. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, Pekandra says, another film you may want to check out is a silent film called Piccadilly starring Anna Mae Wong, who is considered Hollywood's first Chinese American movie star. Ooh, that is a good one. You know, I really want to actually go back and watch a lot of these old racist films. And I actually want to analyze them and talk about them because look, if we're, if we want to really understand racism, I think it's so important that we document and really take a look at old, old, old school racism, like shit from 1915, shit from the 1800s. Like, and in particular, I'm really interested in propaganda. I'm really, really fascinated by racist propaganda because what it, what it really is, is, it's a message from these white people, these racist white people, <clears throat> and they're trying to tell the story of people of color to white people. You know, like that's that's what a lot of that propaganda was. That's a lot. That's what a lot of like, you know, early Hollywood media was like. It was just white people telling other white people this is what indians think this is what this is what black people think this is what this you know these are the things that black people care about and so so much of the history that we know about pertinent to people of color was so dominated by white people that it was just white people talking about what they think we think about or what they think our relationships are like or what they think we like to eat. Like that's why so many racial stereotypes started. Because white people didn't have any need to ask us what we really eat. What we really like. What we really are feeling. And so movies like The Cheat are really fascinating. Because you think that it's this consensual thing where it's like, oh, well, Sasu Hayakawa, he was like a really respected actor. You know, he had a lot of film before The Cheat and then he does this. So like if he's in it, then he consented to it then he co-signed it. So then is it okay? Like, and that's another thing that I'm trying to understand is like, like how did he feel about it? Because I know that I guess he stopped doing films like this because he realized what was going on. Like he realized, oh, they were trying to make me not necessarily, like, you could say that, you know, he was a, a, a lead in a romantic film, but when you actually watch The Cheat, that's not 
what the character is. Like, the character fucking branded the lady. The character fucking, you know, smushed her head against the table. Like, he's an abusive fucking dude. Um... Ty says, white people love inventing shitty be races about quote, liberal agenda. <laughs> Ty Nguyen said, uh, people love to invent uh, agendas and fake scenarios to promote their crazy fantasies, creating enemies out of straight up nothing. Yeah, l- look, that's that's so much of what racial history is. So much, especially like white racism, so much of it comes from white people essentially fear-mongering other white people into, like, look, perfect example, Donald Trump. Oh, the Mexican, you know, they're not sending their best people, they're, they're rapists, blah, 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 blah. Like, even though the numbers, even though the statistics show that that is not the reality, that's not what gets implemented. And that's a that's the thing that really people don't understand with racism. Like they think that you talk about racism, you're just like, oh, you know, it's just jokes, it's just hypothetical shit, you know, blah blah blah. Hey man, don't you, you know? Can't you um can't you take a joke? Can't uh, don't you think this shit's funny? How come you don't have a sense of humor? But it's like movies like this had a huge impact. Movies like Birth of a Nation had a humongous, lifelong impact on America. Like it was mentioned earlier that Birth of a Nation revitalized interest in the Ku Klux Klan. Okay? Like, um, I, I feel like I always say it wrong. I, I think I always say it clue, but it's like coup, coup, clue. Fuck it. I don't give a fuck if I say their name right. Um, Yeah, and so, like, when people talk about racism as being the, this, you know, oh, whatever, just, like, brushing it off, it's like, it, it really does have an impact. It really fucking does. And when people think, like, it's funny, because I think a lot of white people think that they're, they think that they can consume racist content and not become racist themselves. You know, like, it's funny. It's just really weird how white people think that way. They think that, like, oh, like, it doesn't matter if I if I listen to the most racist, fucking hateful, virulent shit. Deep down, I fucking love everybody. I love all the colors. I like everybody. But then you actually talk to them and fucking little by little you realize, oh, yeah, you're exactly like the people that you listen to, you know? Uh, Brian George Piper says same formula like Birth of a Nation the threat of white womanhood sexuality being taken by a non-white rapist ironically the movie made him a sex symbol for white women in America on the level of Valentino forbidden sex fantasies yeah like you know again the whole the whole subject of the the ethnic man you know cucking the white man <laughs> like like this this whole whole narrative i really want to do like a like a year long sort of project on it you know like i think it's interesting as fuck because you know 
the the whole threat of the black man, the threat of the brown rapist, the threat of the oriental man, like all of this shit is so old. You know, it's almost like fucking Rumpelstiltskin. You know, it's almost like fucking the story of the three little pigs. Like, it's just so old that you're just like, where did this thing come from? You know, how did it spread? Like, what I'm really interested regarding this movie is what were what were the widespread reactions to this? You know? Like I was telling you earlier that I need to go ahead and take a look and see if like if if Japanese Americans really did protest this film. Um but yeah, I'd love to see like what what, what other white people thought. You know, if there's anybody who else anybody else who reviewed or wrote about this film and said like, "Hey, I watched The Cheat and blah, blah. like I know it's kind of hard it's like 1915. It's not like you can fucking read someone's blog from 1915 on t- fucking 1915 Tumblr or some shit like like again that's what's really really difficult about talking about racism from the olden days is shit's not documented as well you know like you don't know what people thought because no one had the means to express how they felt about it so it's going to be um definitely going to be a challenge but i um i wanted to share this all with you um like i said if you are part of the lag community if you've been following me for a while 2019 is a year to follow I'm going to be putting out a lot of really interesting shit. Um, I, I've just sort of a sneak peek what I'm up to. I have been on Facebook, quote, woke book for years. I've been part of the Facebook activism, social justice, social SJW community for years since maybe 2013, 2014. And I've had this platform for a very long time. And I've seen the community change and grow. I've seen drama. I've seen people get dragged. I've I've been dragged. I've seen endless screenshots and receipts and just like I've seen all of all varies variations of pettiness and just I've seen it all. And I think a lot of us in Wokebook are sort of fatigued. Like like the drama has gotten to a point where it's on everybody. And everyone is complicit or everyone has witnessed some shit or everyone has a side of the story that they want to tell. And as toxic and as sort of like icky as I feel about woke book on another level, I also feel like so much of the drama, you know, there are a lot of loose ends there are a lot of stories that haven't been fully told. And there are a lot of people who've been dragged or who did dragging and people who are at the center of drama or people who are, you know, large figureheads within the community. I want to interview those people. I want to interview the people who started drama. I want to interview the people who were the target of drama. I want to interview the people who've been canceled. I want to interview the people who have um, gotten people fired. I want to interview the people who have been fired or I want to interview. I just want to interview a lot of people. I want to interview and hear stories from people who are part of this same community and and hear like, how do you feel about being part of the social activism community on Facebook? Do you like it? Do you hate it? Did you, did it grow toxic for you? Are you still in love with it? That I will be doing uh, with Wokfu 
Uh, I'm really going to be pushing hard for my podcast this year. Um, I realized that I just like streaming. You know, I like being able to do shit live and, you know, it's just, it's fun for me. Like being able to talk like this is just really therapeutic. And um, I think this is, this is the the way that I want to move forward. I want to do streams every single week. And I want to do it consistently. I really want to try. I've been real. I've been so fucking. I was so finicky about it for the last few years. I do it sporadically, but I really want to do something consistently. And I want to have like a show, you know, like I like I said. I I I I want to. I want to give back to a lot of the folks who've been part of this community for so long and who've sort of seen me and my up and downs, and you've seen moments where like I you know that I can put out great shit and then you've also seen me put out horrible fucking lazy shit um but this is the year that I want to just sort of give everyone a return on that investment of just you sticking by my side you helping me out you having my back you being part of this community and you know in exchange I'll give you my fucking blood sweat and tears and you know the best of what I have to offer you know just me really diving into the stuff that I'm interested in and sharing all the content that I have in my mind. There's been a lot of thinking going on here. I've, I've, I spent all of last year planning and deliberating and getting myself in the right mood and getting myself in the right mindset and collecting bits of inspiration and finding people who I look up to and, 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 you know, drafting these different plans of how I'm going to do this social media shit. And and it's now it's just like, you know what? Fresh start. Let's fucking do this. So uh, let's see. It's the last few comments. Oh, that tiny one's lag starting a YouTube drama channel. <laughs> Hell no. Well, like, okay, look. Th- this series that I'm doing on a woke book, on a woke foo. Ooh, that's gonna be fucking. That's gonna be some. That's gonna be so easy to market. Um, but yeah, like, I'm. I don't want it to be like a drama thing. I don't want it to be this thing where like I interview these people and I'm like, oh, like what's the tea? Like, yeah, I think I want to like, you know, hear what they have to say about the things that have happened. But I also just want to tell these people stories and just figure out like, what are you really like? Okay, like I get that this is the drama, but like, what are you actually like? You know, I want to ask people like okay, you know, why did people hate you so much? Why do you think people followed you? Like, why do you think you got so many followers? Like, how do you feel about the time that you got dragged in this thing? Blah, 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 blah. Like, you know, hey, you had a falling out with this thing and, you know, there was this big thing that got leaked and whatever. Like, how do you feel about that? Like, I want, like, that's what I want to talk about. And, and I don't want, I really don't want this to stir up drama. And I'm sure that it inevitably may depending on who we have on 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 the show and depending on what the what they say because who knows i might bring on someone that's controversial and they say some controversial shit but again i think the most important thing that i want to do is really flesh out the people who are part of this community like we need to stop hiding behind screenshots and hiding behind you know oh well you know uh these fake call outs and blah 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 blah. like let's really see what's going on let's really get down to the meat and figure out how everybody feels and so that way at least we can just close the door on certain things maybe i'll get someone on the show that you fucking love and you'll find out wow i don't like them anymore 
or maybe you all have someone that you thought you hated and then you realize wow they're actually a lot more reasonable than i thought so again my intention isn't to bring in someone who is problematic and oh i'm going to vindicate them or i'm not trying to bring in someone who everyone loves and i want to tear them down i want to be like oh i'm going to expose them like my goal is to just get somebody who has some reputation somehow within Wokebook, and I want to talk to them. And it'll be up to you whether or not you like them, whether or not you believe what they have to say. You know, if I notice something while I'm talking to them, I'll call them out. But my goal isn't to bring people on to fucking dunk on them and be like, oh, you're on my show. You're going to answer all these fucking questions, you know, like give me your social security and like, you know, like explain like why your father cheated on your mother. Like, you know, I'm not, I really don't want to do that. I don't want to do that. You know, like I said, I just want to have good conversations and I want to be able to give the people on the Facebook social activism community, um, a place to just figure shit out. Um, Amy says, glad you found something that takes off a little of your emotional load. Yeah, this really does help, you know, like being able to just, um, express myself in this way and just being able to talk because I feel like I don't, I don't go out a lot. You know, I'm in my house a lot. I, I work here, you know, everything that I need is here really. But sometimes I feel bad because I don't really get to talk to as many people. But being able to be on stream, it staves off the loneliness, you know, because I do get lonely a lot. Um, and it's really nice to be able to just talk to you all. Um, you know, there's 27 folks here in the stream and I am grateful for every one of you, you know, like, hey, fucking if we had a, a party with 27 people, that's a fucking lit party. So, <laughs> I love being on stream because, you know, I feel like I really do get that sense of like I'm I'm with my people. Um, Ty said, as a local mental health worker, I can feel you on the empowerment and healing properties of being present with issues and tackling the source of tang of of untangling messes and human issuesism. Uh, Ty says, uh, we can't fix the world. Um, it, no one is fixing the people. If no one is fixing the people. Uh, James says, yeah, I've been hearing that Cecil's career was riddled with yellow fever and playing up his hot, mysterious foreigner status. So unfortunately, I'm not watching his stuff without a lot of mental preparation. Yeah, so like, and that's another thing that I've been sort of thinking about. Like, okay, so Cecil Hayakawa, like he played these films where he was like the fucking, the the yellow peril, you know, the, the evil Asian dude who wants to rape your fucking wife, right? At the same time, I'm like, okay, but I know that Asian people still have that problem now with getting roles that are portraying, that, that are portraying them really negatively. Like, remember the show fucking Two Broke Girls where Han, the, the Asian dude, had not only like a really thick Asian accent, but they were constantly joking on him, constantly making jokes about his size, his masculinity, his height, making innuendos towards his fucking dick, like constantly. And that was a show that it got canceled, thank God, but it it was on for a while, and it was a pretty fairly recent show, like in the 2010s, I think it got canceled. So, 
um, <clears throat> the fact that like someone fell for the same trick that maybe Sesua High Sesua fell for. I'm also now looking at the perspective of well, well Sesua was a very first person, and I, like for for us, <clears throat> it's like woo. I felt like I was like, I felt like I was fucking singing. Like I was trying to clear my throat, but then I realized as I was clearing my throat, I was just getting my throat more dry. So I was like choking, like low key fuck. I was about to die. But, um, yeah, like it makes you wonder, um, how much control did Sesua have? Like, even if he read the script and he hated it and he didn't like it, like, if that was his gig, again, I'm curious to know, like, what was he doing before? Like, was he a working actor? Because another thing that's really interesting that folks forget about movies in the olden days. In the olden days, you didn't get paid per film. You got paid on a contract. And usually, if you got uh, if you got a contract, you would be like, okay, well, you're going to do... 12 movies a year or three movies a year or whatever, whatever your contract is, you have to do X amount of films for this amount of money. It's very different now. I mean, I'm sure that that contract might still exist, but for the most part, it seems like, you know, the contract that you get as an actor is per project. Whereas before in Hollywood, it was bundled in. And so I wonder if Sesuo, because he had a number of films in Hollywood and then he just kind of disappeared. Like he did, he wasn't in films anymore. And there was an interview that I saw where he was a little bit older and he was already wrinkled and stuff like that. And they were asking him like, hey, you know, like this this white dude on a talk show was like, oh, hey, you know, you've been playing all these like cool characters, blah, blah, blah. And like you get to play the hero. And, and Sesuo, I think, clarified. He was like, I, I get to play the hero and the villain. You know, like he, it was a very subtle thing that he pointed out but it was very revealing because like his facial expression was almost as if he winced like he wasn't proud of what he did or or that he he was aware that he was playing these fucked up roles and like maybe he got tricked into him and that he didn't know that these were the projects that he signed up for because again like we have to also understand the context of Sesua like you're talking about 1915 like this isn't 2015 like like if 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 asian actors are still falling for that trick then again you have to understand how much control did he really have and again it's also relative to his placement in life you know because if he was really rich and he didn't have to take this project then it's another thing than if he were a struggling actor or whatever so i don't know I said, um, have you ever read about parasocial relationships? That I feel might hit, uh, be a valuable tool to understand, especially as a digital activist. Parasocial relationships. I have not heard that. Let me write that down, actually. Parasocial ships. All right. Uh, Amy says, I wonder if Sesua was tricked into the movie like when Kim got tricked into the nude photo shoot. Um, tricked in quotations because I'm not sure if she was tricked into it or not. Yeah, like, again, that's what I was saying. Like, I I really do wonder um, 
you know, what this whole situation is. I think a lot of the conversations that we've had about Cesar Hayakaba have always been praising him, right? But I think that that praise, while that's definitely valid and that we should praise someone like Cesar Hayakawa, I think it's more important that we clarify and that we understand what we are praising and that, you know, that the things that he did, that there were some backlash to it and that not everyone at the time liked what he was doing. Because I'd be, I'd really be curious to figure out, like, when Cesar Hayakawa came out with this movie, The Cheat, what it, like, who are the Asian people that liked it? Who are the Asian people that hated it? Who were the white people that liked it? Who were the white people that didn't like it? How did black people feel about it? You know what I mean? Like, there's a lot of hit. There's a lot to know about this movie, and and it's it's more than you will get from a Wikipedia search or just an IMDb result. So, I have my research cut out for me. Anywho, that is it for today. Thank you all for joining the stream. Glad you all heard my recap of the cheat. I will be following up with a blog post. I'm going to be trying to do a video. I'm going to try to really compound as much information as I can about this thing. I'm fascinated by it. I hope you are too. Have a wonderful night and Happy New Year. I love you all.